0: So if those words come into your thinking that you don't deserve and that you're not good enough and that, that how dare you think that you could receive anything good from the Father, those only come from one place. No, they didn't come from Jesus. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came into the world that, that the world through Him might be saved. So I have some other scripture though that that uh, I need to share with you. I want to talk to you about why he came. Why did he come? I don't know if you've ever considered that. I I don't know. Some of you that are sitting here, uh, you may have never asked yourself, why did Jesus come? But he knew why he came. And he told us why he came. First of all, that the world through him might be saved. Second, uh, Luke... uh, 19 and 10, he said to the disciples, he said, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you know what was happening in the context of that particular passage of scripture? Jesus was hanging out with some folks that were not very popular. They were kind of looked down on. I've been there. Have you been that guy before? Yeah. So he was hanging out with some folks that religious people were not supposed to hang out with. And he was getting some flack for it. You ever been that guy? The religious leaders were looking at him and going, how dare he go and hang out with publicans and sinners, with, with bad people? How dare he go and hang out and spend time with the unrighteous? And Jesus said, I didn't come for all you who think you got it all together. I didn't come for you guys to have your nose tipped back. Please don't let it rain because you won't drown. <laughs> but I but you're not the ones I came for. I came to seek and save those who were lost. I came to seek out those who understand their need of a savior. I came to find those who know that they, are not, uh, that they are not worthy within themselves to go into the presence of God so that I could lead them and to, so that I could point the way and so that I could open the door for them to come into his presence. I, I, came, I came to seek and save that which was lost. I, I didn't come for somebody who's already been found. I came to find somebody who needed me. I came to find somebody who understood that there was a distance between them and God, and I came to close the gap. Yes. That's what I came for. 1 John 3.8 says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So he looked at me and he said, Anthony, there's some works of the devil that 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 have been produced in your life because all of us are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. All all of us have come short of the glory of God. All of us have done things that that would not be acceptable in the presence of an almighty, pure, holy, righteous God. All of us. There's not a person in this room worthy to enter in on your own. All of us. But he said, I was made manifest. The Son of Man, the the, the Apostle said, the Son of Man was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Well, the greatest work he ever destroyed was the sin in my life. The greatest work Jesus ever did was when he destroyed the works of the devil in the life of people who would decide that they would praise God. Who decide that they'd walk with God, who decide that they would worship God, who decide that they would respond to God and to receive Him. And so He said, oh, mm, You decide you're going to walk with me, you decide you're going to know me, I'll destroy the works of the devil. I, I will get His works out of the way so you come on in. And so now we have a Savior who stands before us and He says, Whosoever will, may come. If you will, come. It's always amazing to me that some won't. It became the greatest challenge of my life and the greatest reality of ministry for me to realize that Jesus said, whosoever will may come and not everybody will. And I can't understand that. Walking with God is such an amazing experience. Experiencing who He is and how wonderful He is and how welcoming He is and how, how uh, nonjudgmental He is. It amazes me that God is not Sitting before me, ripping me up for every thing that is weakness in my life. Amen. It amazes me that he says, Anthony, come on, come on, let's sit down together and let's talk. Let's go for a walk this afternoon and let's have conversation. That always amazes me. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm just, I just stand before him. I'm like, oh, Lord, this is wild. You let me in? Yes. I get up in the morning. I look in the mirror and I say, you picked me that's weird. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked me. That's all right. I wouldn't have picked you either. But he did. Thank God I'm not God, right? <laughs> Mark 2 and verse 16 and 17. scribes and the Pharisees, this is another place. The scribes and the Pharisees saw him eating with publicans and sinners. And How is it that he eats with those drunken folks? How does he he hang out with those drunken folk? That's what they said. Those wine bibbers. Those irresponsible reprobates. You know, you've been judged. Don't look at me like that. You've been judged by others. You've had others look at you and look down their nose at you and think they were better than you. And this is what was going on with the people that Jesus was hanging out with. Jesus said, I didn't come for you then. I came for them. Jesus had the very interesting thing to say in John chapter 10 and verse 10. And and really, in reality, this has become one of my favorite passages of Scripture. John 10, 10. You ought to memorize this. You ought to make this a part of your uh, scriptural foundation. It is the thief that comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. But Jesus said... He was talking to his disciples and to his little gathering there and he said, I have come that they, as me, I'm a they, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, I'll take that. And that's when I scratch my head and say, when he says, whosoever will may come, I can't figure out why some won't. He's talking about abundant life. I was talking to a man out here, right right out here in the parking lot one day. He's driving a truck and doing a delivery, and he says, well, I've got you here. I need to ask you a question. How come all of these bad things happen in the earth? If God is a loving God, how come all of these bad things happen in the earth? And I was able to share that scripture with him. I said, well, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said it is the thief that comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. So you have a decision to make. Are you going to hang out with the thief? Or are you going to hang out with the one who said, but I have come, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Let me talk to you about abundance a little bit because we're so narrow-minded. We're, mm, we can be really narrow. Somebody needs to say amen before I go on. I'm preaching better than your amen, and come on. We we can be narrow-minded, and we begin to think about abundant life, and when we think about abundant life, we begin to think in terms of all the things that we do not have because we have the enemy who wants to lie and who wants to tell us that we are not touching abundant life. So he wants to, to rehearse in your ear all the things that you don't have, and then you tie the idea of abundant life to stuff. Let me help you with something. Every morning when I wake up and my body is healthy and I take a deep breath of good old valley air. (laughs) Well, it's just a miracle that I can still breathe it. (laughs) And I begin to realize and I begin to look around and I begin. Let me let me just talk. Can I be transparent? Let me just talk to you about my life. I begin to look around at the the home that God has graced my wife and I to create. And I begin to count the nine children that I have and the the three and one-in-the-oven grandchildren. And I begin to look at their health. And I begin to look at their strength. And I begin to look at their love for one another. There's no warfare in my house. And I begin to look at all these things in the way that that folks are living who who don't have the grace and the peace of God gracing their home. And they don't have the relationship with Jesus. And they haven't invited Him in to, to bring peace. And I begin to, oh, when I look back at the history, if I were to share with you the stories of my heritage and where I came from, and where my family came from, and if I were to share with you uh, the, the destruction that the enemy tried to bring to those uh, who are in the past, and one day, Grandma heard Jesus. One day, she heard Jesus saying, the thief came to kill, and to steal, and to destroy. And so the destruction, and the The loss and the death and the frustration that that is surrounding your life right now, that is not from Jesus. And you know what Grandma said? She said, I went to fortune tellers, and I had somebody read tarot cards, and I had my palm read, and I tried this, and I tried that, and I searched here, and I searched there. And some little light bulb of wisdom came on in her mind and she said, I think I'll give Jesus a try. That was all the faith that it took. She knew nothing about what she was saying. I think I'll give this Jesus a try. And this faithful Jesus came in and changed her world. Put her marriage back together, brought all of her kids to Jesus, turned her life around, and before you know it, Grandpa came to Jesus in one of Grandma's tent revivals. She was preaching. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If you are sitting in the sound of my voice today and you make an assessment of your life and you find that there is loss, that there is destruction, and that there is death, and you're like, I I didn't plan this. This life was not supposed to be this way. Then I have a word for you. The thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. But God so loved the world. I was talking to a man from, uh, from uh, Iran who uh, fled Iran as a believer. He came to Jesus. Uh, and he fled Iran, and he lived in Turkey for many years, and and waited in a refugee camp in Turkey until he got asylum in the United States. And he was sharing his testimony with me, and I said, I want to understand because there's there's Muslim folks uh, now all, all over the United States, and we need to understand what what it is that 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 drew. I want to know what drew you to Jesus. What made you willing to? to be in a in a muslim nation declaring the name of jesus with your life in danger what made you willing to do that and he said one word he said i've searched through the religion that i the religious experience that i grew up under and i searched through the word of god and he said i found one word that i could not find in the religious experience of my past love God so loved the world. He didn't come to destroy. He didn't come, and he said, boy, that lit me up. He said, when I realized that Jesus loved me, And that all the things that I was being told were absent the existence of great love. And the Bible says greater love has no man than this, than that he would lay down his life for a friend. And I realized that Jesus was my friend and that he had laid his life down for me. I had to come. He said, I knew even if it cost me everything, I had to come. The story that he told me was in in that country at that time, sure it's much the same today, that when someone comes and they say, I'm going to walk with Jesus, first of all, they're certainly in, in, uh, in danger of death. But he said, not only do you lose your job because all the jobs are government jobs, but he says your whole family loses their job. Everybody that they can find that is connected to you. And so his whole family, they were all teachers and, and uh, construction workers and builders, and they all, they all lost their jobs. And they had to sneak across the border in the middle of the night. But he said, we knew when we left on that journey that he loved us and that he would be faithful. For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. God so loved you. You just put your name in there. You're part of the world. He so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son, that if you would believe in Him, that you would not perish, but that you would have everlasting life. So that's why He came. Jesus said in a more thorough explanation of why He came, in uh, Luke four eighteen and 19, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Oh, the gospel, good news to the poor is you don't have to be poor anymore. I'll take that. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I read that somewhere. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. To set at liberty those who are living in fear and depression. Well, there are some of us here this morning that are living in fear and depression, and you need to understand that Jesus came to set you free. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, I wish we had time to talk to you about the acceptable year of the Lord. I wish we had time to talk to you about Jubilee and all debts being wiped away and, and everything that was stolen or lost being restored to you. I wish we had time to tell you how that in Christ everything that is, that is stolen away from you and everything that is robbed from you and everything that is destroyed and everything that is lost, everything that is, that is even sold, everything that, is, that is, seems to be forever gone is just brought back. Amen. Amen. Well, you say, uh, okay, that's why he came. Why did he leave? Well, let me, let, me, let me help you with that too, all right? John 16, 5 and 10, Jesus said, But now I go away to him who sent me. But because I have said the things to you, these things to you, sorrows filled your heart. Nevertheless, let me tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. He said, I'm going away for your advantage. I'm not going away to create for you a disadvantage. I'm going away to create for you an advantage. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. See, Jesus knew as he walked the earth and the limitations of of his physical body that he could only be in one place at one time. But if he would go away and send the comfort of the Holy Spirit, a pure representation of him in the earth, that he could be everywhere at once. The old psalmist said, where could I go from his presence? If I go to the heights of the heaven, he's there. If I go into the depths of the earth, he's there. If I go into the depths of the sea, wherever I go, wherever I go, I find him there. And Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go, so that I can be with all of you at all times. And when he has come, he'll convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and I'll see you no more. John 14, 1 through 3, he said, Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not true, I would have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So he said, let me, let me just get out of here for a little while. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come again. And I'm going to receive you to myself. We're nearing, that, we're nearing that day. The apostles thought it was just around the corner. Well, dear Lord, it's just around the corner now. He's coming again. He's, rece- he's prepared a place for you. And he wants you to be with him. John 14, 26, he says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. He'll bring all things to your remembrance that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And then he went and he was seated at the right hand of the Father so that the Comforter could come and comfort you in your trouble and teach you of His words and cause you to have understanding, cause you to live in a spirit of wisdom and revelation, cause you to know that whenever the Lord says, I'm with you always, He's right there. (laughs) Cause you to know when the Lord says uh, that that in this life you'll have trouble, but do not be afraid uh, because I have overcome the world. came and he went so that you could have an advantage, the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, the gift of God, yes, right. the gift of salvation. I want you to bow your heads across this room this morning. If there's anyone here this morning and you have not received Jesus as your Savior, do not let this day pass. March 31st, 2013. A day that could be a day that you would remember for the rest of your life. A day that is life-changing for you. I want those that are assigned to minister uh, at the altar today to come. This is what I'm going to suggest that we do. If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, I want you to come to these prayer teams and I want you to say to them, Pastor was talking to me. I don't don't know him. And I need to receive. That's all you have to say. They will help you with the rest. If you're in this room today and you you look around your life and you say, man, I've, I've met Jesus, but there's still some of this kill steal and destroy stuff going on there's there's still some things that need to be set in order there's some things I'm not getting the I'm not getting the full benefit of the covenant that I'm a part of there's a little more to this than I must be getting exposed to you come and you tell them there's some there's some Killing, stealing and destroying going on And I want you to help me with that And they will pray the prayer of faith with you They'll take authority over that stuff They'll tell that devil to get out, get off, get away, get down And, and, and go, go bother somebody else And he'll do what they say Because the Bible says that when they tell him to go He has to go The Bible actually says when you tell him to go He has to go If you'll, if you'll just join in there so they'll help you tell him to go. And he'll go. And then if you're in this room and, and you say, Well, I've, I've received Jesus, but that, that comforter that needs to come, I'm, I'm not sensing that the comforter has come. I'm not sensing that that, that power and that strength is in me. There, there's something lacking. There's something that yet needs to be done. Then you just tell them that and, and they'll, they'll walk you through that. The Holy Spirit will come and fill your life. Because he's come. The comforter has come. There's no reason to be in anxiety and fear and, and frustration. Come on. God is better than that. There's no reason to be living in anxiety. There's no reason to be living in lack. There's no reason to be living in fear. There's no reason to be living in sickness. There's no reason to be living in frustration. There's no reason to be living in broken relationships. There's no reason to be living in constant mess around in your life. When the Holy Spirit has come to lead you and to navigate you through all that stuff, to set your house in appropriate order under the covering, and the love of Jesus. Let's stand together. As I pray over you this morning, as I begin to pray, if you're going to come to the prayer prayer teams this morning, I just want you to begin to come, and I want you to line up right here, and they'll just assist you in in making your way to them. And and if, if many people come, more prayer teams will come. Father, I bless your people in the name of the Lord. I bless them with this word that they have received. This is the day of resurrection. Let some dead things come alive. Let some broken things be made whole. Let some deliverance come. Let some freedom come. Let salvation come right now. Today is the day of salvation, and now it is the accepted time. We bless them in the name of the Lord. I bless these folks, Lord Jesus. I bless them on the right hand and on the left. We bless them rising up and lying down, going in and going out. Lord, as we go about our day, would you let the blessing of the Lord chase them down and overtake them?